comic book storylines. I'm Brian Sorensen, a.k.a. Bri the Comic Book Guy. If you like what you hear, click that subscribe button because every week it is a treat. This week, we're going to run this through the rest of what I'm going to call up to the year anniversary of this show, Comic Book Storylines, is something that I've been wanting to get to, and it's something that, uh, if you are into the Marvel movies, this kind of mirrors what happened in the Marvel movies. They took the source material. This is the start of Return of the Thanos. start out this episode is going to be silver surfer 34 through 38 and then it kind of skips ahead a little bit and then we're going to cover next week we're going to cover thanos quest where we actually see who and where thanos got the infinity stones from or infinity gems and you're going to see a lot of differences and similarities from the comics to the movies and where they got some of the source material from because they kind of did it a little bit different in the movies. Obviously, they had different characters that they could use, and obviously, Marvel didn't have the rights to Silver Surfer yet, so they couldn't use him at all. So we're going to start out with Silver Surfer 34. Now, if you want, uh, you can follow me on Instagram, at Bri the Comic Book Guy. I post pictures of every issue we cover every week. So we're going to start out with Silver Surfer 34. This is the beginning of the return of Thanos. So Silver Surfer has just had some adventures and everything, and he's kind of taking a break on a barren planet, falls asleep, he wakes up, and there's this castle, like a skull, just out of nowhere. Just appears out of nowhere. It's just this bright light, and this big skull castle appears. He can't figure out what's going on. He can't sense any villain. And he starts seeing these, like, disturbing images. And it looks like there's stone carvings of him in despair all over the wall. He's uh, saying there's something disturbingly familiar about this dark place, but he can't figure out what it is. So he runs into these two characters that are holding a casket that's locked. And they say the mistress wants this immediately. Now here's one of the differences in the comics. The cosmic beings that happened in the movies, they're kind of like watered down from what they are in the comics. And one of the main focuses that we're going to see, one of Thanos' main drives, is from the movies, he did say there was a cosmic imbalance and he needed to wipe out half the galaxy. Well, here is the motivation for it. And this is how he came back to life. These minions work for a cosmic being called Mistress Death. Now in the comics, there was a living embodiment of Death, and she was a cosmic being. And she thought there was a cosmic imbalance, that there was more people alive currently than had ever died. So she needed to find somebody to correct this mistake. So she went and found a casket of Thanos' soul. Now, a little bit of backstory on, on Thanos up until this point. Uh, in the mid to late 70s, he had tangled with the Avengers. He was already a cosmic being at the time. He was trying to find what's called the Cosmic Cube. Now, we were teased with it in the Avengers movies initially because we thought that's what the Tesseract was. Well, the Tesseract was not actually a Cosmic Cube. 
But in the comics, there's these things called the cosmic containment units or cosmic cube. So he got one of those and was trying to take over everything. He was also working with Mistress Death at the time, too. He was also trying to wipe out the whole galaxy at the time. And he also started looking for and acquired the entire collection of Infinity Gems. But at the time, they weren't called Infinity Gems. They were called the Soul Gems. And he tried to use them to gain more powers and to take out everybody. But the character Adam Warlock, which we saw in Guardians of the Galaxy 3, he was able to stop Thanos and killed him. Uh, Adam Warlock died at the time, too, along with Gamora and Pip the Troll. You've seen these characters before, but they're nothing like they were in the movies. These are totally different characters. So back to it. Silver Surfer is watching Mistress Death's minions bring this casket to her, and they do not see him. And he's thinking, this is a dream. I'm sleeping, and he's looking out, and he sees himself sleeping, and he has his board and everything. So he's following these minions into the throne room of Mistress Death. It's the Hall of Death. And she's bringing this casket out, and she opens it, and the mist comes out and says, I am free at last. And uh, he goes, how may this humble soul serve Mistress Death? Command and I shall obey. Now, she doesn't talk. Now, the, the embodiment of Mistress Death is a figure that has a skeleton face. So she doesn't talk. She talks through people, uh, like undead figures. And they're saying, uh, in life you honored death. She is in need of your services again. Recent events have convinced Mistress Death that there is a severe imbalance. She fears that if this condition continues, existence will, as we know it, may be in peril. She needs your unique talents to remedy this. He goes, even in death, I live to serve her. Uh, what shall I do? Uh, I will do whatever it takes. I will shatter galaxies. And one of her other minions says, he's made such promises before and failed. And she goes... That was before he stepped on this side of the veil. He, his demise has raised him to a new plateau. So they're kind of like arguing what they should do. And they turn around suddenly and they now see Silver Surfer. And the mist has these glowing eyes and blasts Silver Surfer out of the cast, uh, castle. And he goes, I'm in pain. How can I be in pain if I'm dreaming? And he goes, there's something terribly wrong here. I have to wake up. But before he can wake up, he looks out. And he sees there's suddenly hundreds of thousands of aliens all around the Skull Castle. He calls for his, his mystic board, and he goes towards a volcano. And it looks like there's a lady making a ritual sacrifice of a baby. So he goes and saves the baby before it goes into the, the volcano. And the baby ends up being this giant monster that completely surrounds him. So he's still dreaming. He's having have like a fever dream. Uh, the baby completely surrounds him. And uh, he blows up uh, what's surrounding him, and he falls to the ground. But then you see him kind of like wake up. The Hall of Death is gone. He doesn't think it's really there. He was all a dream. And he's kind of comforted by that. And he goes, that was just the weirdest dream I've ever had. It must be my subconscious telling me something. And then a figure behind him goes, perhaps it was pre a premonition. And it turns around. And he goes, you were a disembodied spirit in my dream. And the figure goes, how perceptive of you to notice. I am Thanos. So Thanos went from totally dead to raised from the dead. And he's on this mystical sort of throne portal thing. We get to Silver Surfer 35 is next, called Thanos' Guide to the Galaxy. So he goes, I am returned to, from the realm of dead to the realm of the living. 
I'm here to explain because Surfer's just like, I don't understand. What are you talking about? He goes, step on my uh, throne little thing here and I will show you my vehicle. And he goes, uh, someone that possesses great cosmic powers like you, you seem to be naive of what's going on. And he goes, there is a great imbalance. I must tell you what this is. Uh, there is the most dire threat this universe has ever faced. In many ways, it's a metaphysical danger. I must explain. So step onto my vehicle and we'll go. So he vanishes, leaves Silver Surfer's board there, and he thinks he tricked him into relieving him from his board because he can't fly without his board. So he kind of shoots him with this big energy blast, but it does nothing. He like shrugs it off. It's like, okay, uh, he shrugged that off. I'm not sure what to do. I might as well just let him talk about what's going on. So he tells Surfer he brought him to Earth, where he's been many a times. Even though Earth has advanced in many breakthroughs in science and everything, there's, uh, there's a cosmic imbalance. He goes, are you aware that more than half of the humans ever born on the planet are presently alive at this moment? He goes, what's your point? He goes, the planet is becoming criminally ump overpopulated. And he shows him major cities and everything. And then he says that uh, each person in the United States alone creates two tons of rubbish per year. And then he shows him into the future, where if humanity doesn't change anything, it's going to be left into doom and ash. So he's kind of transcending time and everything. He's using his mystical uh, vehicle to take him through time and show him what could happen eventually. And he goes, something needs to correct this imbalance. And he takes him to another world where there's a bunch of primitive, gentle people. And he goes, uh, there's no fear, there's no predators, there's no national, natural enemies. And uh, estimates uh, within 20 years, the population will rise to a level higher than the planet can support. So I'm trying to tell you there's something going on. Do you begin to understand the gravity of the great imbalance? Science and benevolent nature have allowed thousands of different species to flourish beyond the capability to sustain them. Left to their own devices, they will squander their precious resources and perish within a few centuries. The pendulum will ultimately swing from one extreme to the other. Mistress Death likes a constant and steady harvest. The balance must be maintained, and that's why I have returned. And he goes, Death brought you back to solve the universe's environmental problem? He goes, precisely. Euthanasia, by killing 50% of the universe's population, is the only way to correct it. So Silver Surfer, he's this noble, valiant guy, and he's like, uh, you propose mass murder, why, should I, why shouldn't I stop you? And uh, Thanos is like, well, you will allow it, and you're going to aid me. And he goes, I will never do that. And he goes, well, you already have. That planet we went to with the gentle beings, we didn't go through space and everything. We transported directly from Earth to that planet, where you carried germs from Earth to that planet. They don't have no uh, natural... Uh, enzymes to defeat that and you brought some germs and by now the planet has severely died due to plagues and he goes why we transported through time as well nearly 50 percent of the population of that planet has already died so surfer calls his surfboard goes to that planet and sees that uh he's on his way to go check that out now while he's doing that there's also another figure godlike being it's called Kronos, he's one of the cosmic beings that's in the universe, and he senses Thanos as he's laughing because Surfer is in peril and he's trying to get to the other planet, and he realizes something must be done about it, Kronos. So Silver Surfer gets to that planet, and he sees that there has been a great plague, 
and many of the figures have died. And he is vowing right then and there that he can't let Thanos do that. The universe cannot survive this. Let Thanos beware. And then it shows like this figure off into space. And we get this little epilogue. It's Kronos, the father of the Eternals of Titan. Now Titan we saw in Infinity War. It's a barren wasteland. But in the comics, it's home to the Titans. It's where Thanos came from. His brother Eros we saw at the end of Eternals. And his father, that we'll see a little bit later on, a mentor of Titan. But before we get there, Kronos does something. He revives a figure that he helped create to take on Thanos way back in the, the 70s. It's Drax the Destroyer. Now, Drax is not an alien in the comics, at least initially. Kronos took the soul of a human being that Thanos killed inadvertently one day, and he turned it into a living embodiment of strength and, and uh, muscle and everything, and he named him Drax the Destroyer to go after Thanos. Well, after Thanos had perished, uh, Drax had been fighting another character called uh, uh, Moondragon, who ended up being his first original host's uh, daughter when he was human. And she used her mental powers and killed him, but he had severe brain damage. Well, Kronos resurrected Drax the Destroyer, but he has brain damage in this incarnation, and he's only got one goal. Where is Thanos? So Drax the Destroyer is another character that comes back. We get to Silver Surfer 36, and Surfer races to Earth. He's trying to find the Avengers to warn them to get some more details, so to speak, from the Avengers on Thanos, because he hasn't tangled with Thanos before, so he needs to warn the Avengers. It's kind of like a funny moment. He gets to Avengers headquarters and runs into She-Hulk, and she thinks he's an intruder, so she tries to punch him. Nothing happens. And Captain America comes in, and she's hurting her hand because she punched him and nothing happened. And she goes, I'm going to take your shiny head off of your neck. And then Cap's like, what's going on here? He goes, this woman sort of bumped into me and hurt her hand. And Cap goes, this is Silver Surfer, a friend. And she goes, Silver Surfer, oh, the silver, the board, oh, dead giveaway. So he goes, okay, you need to go read our associate files to distinguish friends from foes. So that's Captain America's way of saying, uh, take five. And it was kind of funny because it's a She-Hulk moment, and she's been kind of like off and on one of the lighthearted characters in the Avengers. So Silver Surfer tells Captain America what's going on, and Cap's like, well, he died a long time ago. And Silver Surfer's like, okay, you need to change your status because he is amongst the living. I fear I have current information that you need to update your files. And so he tells Captain America what happened, and so they review everything that happened. The Cosmic Cube, what Thanos did, who helped him. And we also see that they had the help of the original Captain Marvel, Marvel. You saw an incarnation of, of Marvel in the Captain Marvel movie. It, it's a guy in the comics. Marvel is a guy in the comics. And you see Drax the Destroyer, the Avengers, everything going after Thanos, uh, how he tried to get the Soul Gems and. Uh, there's a brief little thing where the Fantastic Four showed Silver Surfer what they are, told him what they were. And you see kind of snippets of the end battle where Adam Warlock uh, sacrificed himself to take care of Thanos, and Thanos died. So Silver Surfer's like, okay, so this is what happened. Uh, this is what's going on. We need to do something about it. But I need some more information about Thanos before I can take him on. So Captain America suggests that Silver Surfer go to Thanos' home 
and talk to his father, mentor of Titan. He's a good guy, and uh, he needs to go check him out and get some more information. So Silver Surfer just leaves and heads towards Titan. And this is kind of like a little interlude. Uh, he runs into the Impossible Man. He's been like this just this weird character that shows up throughout the years in Marvel. And interestingly enough, if you follow DC, the character Mr. Mixoplex, and Impossible Man, DC and Marvel, if you don't know this, this is going to blow your mind, DC and Marvel have both said this is the same guy because they've referenced very loosely in each other's comics about things going on. So the Impossible Man and Mr. Mixoplex are the same guy, and he's always causing trouble for characters. And this time he goes after Silver Surfer. It's kind of like a little uh, interlude, so to speak, like a funny interlude, which is most of what the rest of the issue is, where he's trying to distract Surfer and kind of just mess with him, as he's always doing, uh, on his way to go take care of Thanos. And he's like, all right, well, I guess uh, I'll check you out. I'll see you out of here. So like the rest of the book is kind of like a little comic sort of battle he has with the uh, impossible man it's kind of like a little distraction from what is about to come so we get to silver surfer 37 it's next he's just he's hell-bent on getting to titan he needs to take care of thanos so he is trying to focus his cosmic senses on where thanos was he goes back to where he left off thanos and he tries to find like a trace of his uh, vehicle so he thinks he's got it and he heads in the direction, and you can see his cosmic senses kind of are depicted in this uh, glowing line in space. So he thinks he can follow it. So he gets to one point, and then it branches off. So he knows Thanos is aware that he can track him, and he is kind of split off into a bunch of different directions. So Surfer just decides to end up going to Titan, which is in orbit. It's one of uh, Saturn's moons. So he goes to see Mentor. And Mentor, like I said, is a really good character. And he tells him on kind of like a history of what Thanos was like as a kid and how he was always like this really bad kid. And he, he basically admits that his son, Thanos, is de the devil personified. Uh, he ended up murdering his mother when he was little, so they knew he was trouble then. And he ended up being uh, banished from Titan, going off to the far reaches of space and learning how to be a conqueror and everything. So it's kind of like a little backstory, so to speak, to the comic book Thanos on how he built this empire and great power after he left Titan and was forced to fend for himself, and he had all this great power. So while Surfer is talking to Mentor, uh, we see Star Fox, which is Eros, which we saw in Guardians 3, and he is Thanos' brother in the comics as well, and he's monitoring something's coming towards uh, Titan as well. And he goes to run and warn Mentor about it, and then Surfer is telling him about Mistress Death, the encounter he's had with Thanos, and, you know, he's like, you know, my son is not to be messed with. There's only one way to stop Thanos from achieving his goal. You'll have to kill my son. And while that's going on, you hear, no, you can't go in there. And it's uh, Eros has been thrown through the door. And they're like, okay, who is this? And it ends up being Drax the Destroyer. And all he's saying is, where is Thanos? Now, there's all these security guards trying to stop him. And uh, Surfer recognizes him from the Avengers files. And he's like, he seems to have changed a little bit. Uh, there's something strange what's going on here. And they reveal that Drax has some strange bond with Thanos. Uh, Drax was created uh, to punish Thanos. Uh, and 
there's this uncontrollable desire that Kronos gave him that he has to defeat Thanos. And since he's kind of brain damaged, that's all he's thinking. He's got a one-track mind. Where's Thanos? Where's Thanos? Where's Thanos? And since Silver Surfer was near Thanos, he can sense that on him, and he's like, okay, where is he? Silver Surfer has a little battle with him because, you know, Drax is just kind of dumb at this point in time. Uh, he's not anything like the Drax Destroyer we end up seeing in the comics because they've evolved the character from the 90s into what he ended up being in the comics eventually. But we're decades away from that. This is a totally different Drax the Destroyer than we see in the movies. So he's a uh, uh, fighting surfer. Just He keeps saying, where's Thanos, where's Thanos? And he ends up driving him from Titan and taking a battle into space. And he thinks he's got him. He thinks he's nailed him. But Drax comes back and he's like, okay, fine. You want Thanos? We're going to take... Thanos, we're gonna uh, a way to look. We need a way to locate him first. So he's, he knows he is kind of dumb. So he's trying to trick him. He goes, okay, we're gonna go to Earth where they have these machines that we can look for Thanos. So like, okay, why is he taking him to Earth? He takes him to Four Freedoms Plaza, the Baxter Building, the headquarters of the Fantastic Four. And it's kind of funny. This the this part's kind of funny. Because Surfer runs into Human Torch, and he's like, um, information machines? You mean computers? And he goes, no, I mean the wondrous device you have in your living room. And then he points to the information machine, which is a TV. So he sits down with Drax, looking at TV. And he goes, Johnny, come back to us in four hours. So Human Torch is like, uh, okay. So Drax sits down, and he's looking, just relax and watch the information. So he starts watching Lucille Ball and all these different TV shows and everything. So Drax is just like watching it. All of a sudden, Surfer just takes off and leaves. And he's smiling because he leaves Earth and he's got this giant smile on his face because he lost uh, Drax. Took off and he's just like, oh yeah, he's Fantastic Force problem. <laughs> Which is kind of funny. It is kind of funny. So let me get to the last issue of this episode, Silver Surfer 38. We go to another character that we've seen in the movies, but is completely different in the comics. We see Nebula is aboard a starship, which is called Sanctuary. It was once Thanos' vessel. It's kind of like this H-shaped starship. But Nebula, in the comics, is not his, fa her, uh, his daughter, or his adopted daughter, whatever. In the comics, Nebula is his granddaughter. And she's always seen like she has a right, a family right to his things. So when Thanos disappeared and died, she took over his armada and his starship. So uh, she's seen with uh, his crew getting ready to attack some beings. And Thanos appears on his vehicle and she doesn't believe it. She's like, he's dead. This is an imposter. And he shows his power by killing a couple of his, a uh, couple of her guards. And she's just going crazy, just trying to attack him, but he's really powerful this time. Mistress Death brought him back, but augmented his powers. He doesn't have any of the stones yet. We still haven't seen him talk about the stones yet. So he's just trying to get back what's his. He ends up uh, setting Nebula on fire, and she ends up running out of the room, and his old crew immediately goes back to recognizing his command. So they ignore Nebula. Now she's running and she's on fire. One of her crewmates takes her and uh, tries to uh, heal her. And that's the last we see of her for right now. So he's uh, talking amongst his crew, telling him what he needs to do. 
But Mistress Death calls him back to her palace, and she is impatient. She wants to know why he's not doing what he's been assigned to. Half of the population is awaiting her death touch. And he goes, the task proceeds according to plan. The job is best done slowly. If it's done too quickly, all the forces in the universe will ally themselves against us. One of those forces was the Silver Surfer. I needed to take care of him. He's a, a special position within the celestial balance. He goes, I need to take care of him. So they walk into a room that has something that hasn't been shown in the comics as of yet. Mistress Death has in her hall something called the Infinity Well. You gaze upon the Infinity Well and you can see all these answers. Like you can, it's like a metaphysical thing. You gaze into the Infinity Well, which is, it looks like it's liquid, but you're staring into space. And you can like have these great answers to all of your questions, which he's been using to kind of figure out his next move on what to do. And he goes, uh, for the answer to all the questions, it can be found in the infinite, which is the infinity well. So Surfer is trying to find Thanos. He's going to different planets, trying to see if any of the populations have been able to find him. And he's leaving a planet because they say they don't know where he is and everything. So Thanos, or an embodiment of Thanos, like a, like a spectral figure of Thanos, appears. And he says, I, you found me. And... Uh, do you truly believe that you lost me? And he goes, well, I was caught off guard this time. I'm not going to be. So he tells him where he is. He's on this like metal, sophisticated machine technology planet. And Surfer's trying to find him amongst the people. And he looks, he uses his cosmic senses to look deep into the planet. And he dives into the center of the planet and finds Thanos on his vehicle. And uh, they, they end up fighting. You know, it's back and forth. They trade blows, things like that. Surfer tries to get an edge. Uh, Thanos, he is more powerful than Silver Surfer, even without any of the stones or gems. And uh, he corners Thanos, and he thinks he's got him. So he's getting ready to just totally take him out. And we finally see Silver Surfer blast Thanos like the most biggest energy blast you've ever seen and it blows up half the planet with that blast and he thinks he's got him and he sees a skeleton of Thanos so he thinks that he's got him he goes this is definitely got to be him you know it's a body of Thanos and everything so he constructs a coffin and he takes the body and he leaves but Thanos just materializes from a cloak and he goes well he's gonna think that uh, that's me he goes that's uh, that was nebula's personal bodyguard i switched bodies and now i'm going to set myself to the task at hand so he goes off into the cosmos and we see the last panel that shows thanos's scheme is finally revealed join us for thanos quest now that's where we're going to pick up next week Thanos quest is really huge because it shows the cosmic beings that are out there that have the infinity gems. They're called the infinity gems in the comics instead of the infinity stones. Now the cool part about this is you've seen some of these characters before. And like I said, the cosmic beings are watered down a little bit in the movies. Like they, 